Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful friends. I am excited to be here. I love being here. One of my favorite things to do during the week is to record this podcast for you. And before we jump into this episode, which is going to be about moving past those overeating moments that you have with grace and power, because when we move past them with grace and power, we actually are less inclined to continue the pattern. And I'll be breaking that down, why that is. But before I do, one-on-one coaching is now open with me for intuitive eating mastery. This is very high level support. It's me walking hand in hand with you as your mentor, as your coach to help you become an embodied intuitive eater. Meaning we're taking you from understanding the principles, the concepts to actually fully living it and being it in your life. That is embodiment when you're being it and living it. So It's about having real breakthroughs, building momentum so that you get to your next level of peace, of ease, of freedom with food, and those feelings of being nourished and confident around food, but also in your body. So this is perfect for you if you're just starting out with the whole concept of intuitive eating and first learning about it. Maybe you frequently overeat or emotionally eat and then restrict or diet as a remedy or you feel worried and anxious about food and keeping in control of your eating. Or if you've been working with intuitive eating, you know about it, you understand it and need more support because things are not changing the way you want them to be changing in your relationship with food. You still worry about food a lot. This is also for you. Or if you've been working with intuitive eating for maybe months or even years, but want to make greater improvements in how you feel about food, how you feel in your body, because old ways of being keep popping up and you still have challenges in your relationship with food. The coaching container includes an initial one-on-one call with me so that we can laser in on what the focus of your coaching is going to be so that we can move the needle for you. And with that, you get daily Voxer access to me. Now, Voxer is simply a texting and voice messaging walkie-talkie type of app for your phone. So we are in contact daily and I'm coaching you continuously. So it's not like a program where you are only learning about the concepts or or maybe interacting with a coach once a week. Rather, this is a day-to-day style of coaching. I'm actually with you and we are walking the journey together and I get to coach you in real time because this greatly helps with truly becoming and embodying what you want to be in terms of your relationship with food and your eating. 
Also right now, my one-on-one coaching prices are probably the lowest that they will ever be. So if you do feel the call to get this support, now is the time to come and play in that world with me. There are one month, two month, and three month packages, and the two and three month packages also have payment plan options. I also want to mention just some other things that I have coming up, such as masterclasses and programs that I'm going to be creating, and I can't wait to share with you and want you to get ready for. So first we have the peace process. This is going to be all about helping you finally feel that true peace around food. This will go deep into releasing diet mentality, finding true body respect and appreciation, really living in that place of self-compassion, making peace with food, once again, releasing the restrictions that keep you in that anxious relationship with food, releasing the negative self-talk that perpetuates so much of our uh, challenges in our relationship with food and our body, and releasing all of the guilt around eating what you love, all so that you can really become free, really become peaceful, really become, as once again, I call an embodied intuitive eater who just eats with the natural rhythm of their body and it's easy and it's effortless and it's free and this has positive ripple effects in every area of your life. That will be the peace process. Look out for that one. Then we will have emotionally empowered and this will really be for you if you truly identify with being an emotional eater. It will teach you how to become a master of your emotions and eat according to your physical hunger cues instead of those emotional triggers and the emotional hungers that all of us can have. Because it's not about not having emotions. It's really about disconnecting that connection between emotions and food. And that is what you are going to really learn how to do and become a master of in this program. Then we have true hunger awareness training, and this is going to help you identify what you're truly hungry for in your body, in your mind, and in your soul. This is body, mind, soul nutrition so that you can begin to nourish all those true hungers that you have. First, discover them, understand what they are, understand where you are being deprived in terms of your body, mind, soul nourishment, but then once you know where those areas of deprivation are, you are going to learn how to nourish those true hungers so that you can experience more joy in your life all the good feelings in your life that maybe right now you're not experiencing so that you can create your best life, whatever that is for you. And then there will be becoming her. This is going to be a deep dive into beliefs and mindset because our beliefs and our mindset and our self-concept and our self-identity and how we see ourselves is really pivotal in breaking free from any food and body stuff that might be baggage in our life. So to become a truly nourished woman, becoming her, it really is important to work on this inner world in terms of how you think and what you believe about yourself. And so that's what this will be all about. It's about creating in your internal world how you see yourself and what you believe about yourself and what you need to believe about yourself to become your own version of a truly nourished woman. And it's going to take you down the exact pathway of how to do that so you can step fully into being that version of a truly nourished woman, however and whoever that is for you as a unique individual. And finally, 
elevate. This will be about the full embodiment of the truly nourished woman. So after becoming her, after you do that work and you align the inner parts of you and how you believe about yourself and what you think about yourself and how you see yourself in the world and what you identify as, Um, And shifting that so that it aligns with living as a truly nourished woman in your life, once that part is done, then we're going to work on the external and a deeper level of really being this woman in your life. So becoming your own version of a truly nourished woman by helping to align the external parts of your life with that because the external, your surroundings and... um, what you do in your life and where you go and who you interact with perhaps and the uh, sort of day-to-day actions you take, all the stuff in the external is equally important in terms of becoming that truly nourished version of yourself. So this process of elevate and elevating is going to be more of the external focus so that once again, you are living with inner peace, living with joy, living with deeper confidence in whatever areas of your life that you want to, living with more pleasure and satisfaction in your life in whatever ways that you want to and need to, wherever you might currently be feeling deprived of that, ultimately stepping into living your best life as a truly nourished woman in your unique individual life. And as truly nourished woman, I believe we live elevated Hence the name of this program, Elevate. Elevated self-esteem, elevated well-being, elevated optimism, elevated variety in our lives, elevated fun and spontaneity in our lives, elevated body appreciation, body acceptance, body joy, just feeling really good in our bodies, elevated health and vibrancy, elevated inner awareness, understanding ourselves, elevated pleasure, elevated positive coping skills, right? Because life's always going to throw us curveballs and challenges, but we want to move through them with grace. Elevated mental and emotional resilience, elevated self-regard, elevated self-love, elevated self-respect, and then elevated life satisfaction. So many ways that we can elevate, right? And those are a lot of the internal ways we can elevate in terms of us as individuals, but then there's also the external that sometimes we want to elevate. And so we can do all of that in Elevate. And it's, once again, living and becoming this truly nursed woman who is elevated in all the ways that she desires to be. And if you want to come and play and participate in any of these offerings that are going to be coming up, get on the truly nourished interest list because there you're going to get special pricing incentives before I make it open to the public. And that link to get on that list is in the show notes. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. We're talking about moving past overeating moments with grace and power. When we're trying to make a change in life and do something different in life, such as, let's say, going from overeating to no longer overeating, we have to become someone different before we can consistently do something differently. It's this thing called be, then do, then have. We have to practice being someone different before we can truly do something different, such as eat differently in our life. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about one of the most important aspects around being someone different in the context of 
who you need to begin to practice being after you overeat so that you can break out of the loop we easily get into with overeating and then feeling really bad about it, upset about it, and then being harsh with ourselves. And one of the ways that we're harsh with ourselves is in our minds with our negative self-talk, but also we're harsh with ourselves by restricting food because we're afraid, right? But then falling back into overeating again because of the deprivation, whether that's feeling deprived of the foods we really want to eat and like to eat and that are most satisfying to us, or being deprived of our own peace of mind because of self-judgment, negative self-talk, and frustration with ourselves. Either type of deprivation, whether it's mind deprivation or body deprivation, or once again, the soul deprivation is playing into this too. Um, That all continues to fuel overeating patterns. So a really important thing that I help clients work on is understanding their thinking patterns, their ways of thinking about their eating that cause them to feel bad about how much they ate or to feel bad about the types of foods that they chose to eat. Because as I mentioned a moment ago, who we are being will always end up driving what we do because our thoughts create feelings in us. Like we'll have a thought about something, it triggers this chemical reaction, which is a feeling in our body. And those feelings will determine what actions or behaviors we will do or not do. So the way you think about your eating and the way you think about overeating episodes, the way you think about what you ate, and the way you think about yourself just in the context of eating in general All of this really matters in terms of being able to break out of cycles of overeating patterns permanently. So some episodes of eating can feel particularly distressing, right? That distress comes from having two very strong but conflicting feelings at the same time. There's this intense desire and urge to eat the food, but then you also feel strongly that you should not eat the food or should not be eating the food, typically because of, you know, concerns about weight, body image, sorts of things. So you resolve that conflict for just that moment by tuning yourself out of your conscious awareness. You tune yourself out of the thoughts that are saying, don't eat that. Stop eating. But because you're tuning yourself out, you still continue to eat. So just in that moment. And this tuning out to your feelings in the moment can have all sorts of variations, but it allows you to just eat. So you're basically, you know, there's these two voices. Oh, I want it, I want it, I need it, I have to have it. Like I'm feeling this urge, I gotta have it. And then there's this other voice that's like, no, you can't, stop, don't. And so for a moment, you're tuning out that don't, can't, have it, don't, stop. And it allows you to just eat in that moment. And this is known as the what the heck effect. (laughs) We tune out and subconsciously tell ourselves, oh, what the heck, I don't care, I'm just gonna eat it. But then as soon as you tune back in, you realize you feel really distressed and you experience that regret after eating or that sense of having lost control and then all of the self-judgment and thoughts about that that follow. And if you want to know more about how this what the heck effect can look 
for different people. You can listen to episode 26. I talked about it, but it's just this way of thinking, this way in our mind that we make excuses and block some of our awareness at the moment and trick ourselves into eating when the real us, the real you, doesn't truly want to. So to prevent this type of overeating, a person has to begin to see how their mind is tricking them into eating by creating that what the heck effect. It could be a thought like, well, I might as well finish the package or because I started eating, I may as well keep eating or I can't waste this food or I paid for it so I should eat it or it will be easier to just start over tomorrow or I'll start over on Monday or I broke the food rule, or I fell off the diet, so I guess I'll just eat. Or I can't experience this feeling. This feeling in my body is really uncomfortable, and I have to eat. These are just a few examples of how the mind can temporarily block your awareness to your real truth and your real desires, and then drive you to eat the food. Now let's say this happens and you eat all the things, you overeat, however you define that for you, overeating. What you think after this overeating event really matters. What we want to get away from is what so commonly and typically happens is that voice of harsh judgment, that loud inner critic that causes you to feel ashamed for what you did or guilty or frustrated about how you ate. That loud inner judge is the voice and way of thinking that a person needs to begin to really get away from after they've eaten all these things because that voice is actually what continues to fuel the overeating loop as I was talking about a moment ago because that voice deprives you of what you really, really, really need in that moment. So this is mind deprivation happening. It deprives you of what you really need in that moment, which is to be curious so that you can create a deeper level of awareness and understanding of what happened. Because awareness is the first step to being able to make a shift. We always have to become really aware of what is going on within us before we can shift it. And we have to become aware of how the pattern plays out, not just the eating, but how like what was happening before the eating, during the eating and after the eating, the whole pattern. We have to become aware of what's really happening before we can shift it. And if we automatically start judging ourselves and beating ourselves up, we're not able to be curious. And then we just keep repeating the same old patterns because we're not able to shift. And I talked about uh, the inner critic in episode 21 and 22 as well. So if you want to learn more about the negative self-talk, that inner critic, be sure to listen or re-listen to those episodes. The first step in the journey of not repeating the same old patterns again and again is to not allow this negative self-talk to run the show. It can be there. It will be there. It'll keep um, coming up for a while, even after you maybe are aware of it. You know, when we're unaware, our brain is just going and we're beating ourselves up in our head and we're saying all these sorts of mean things to ourselves. We're really frustrated with ourselves and we're not really even aware. It's just like, this is what I do. 
But then there's that moment of awareness, like, oh, now I see what I do. Now I see how I talk to myself. But before that all goes away, it's going to still come up for a while. But it doesn't have to keep running the show because you can be aware of it and you can hear it and not let it run the show. And when you no longer let it run the show, you take your power back and the real you gets to run the show. So this negative self-talk is going to always say things to you that make you feel guilty for what you ate or how you ate, that make you worry about food, that worry about your eating, to feel regretful of your eating, to feel ashamed of your eating. This voice is full of judgment and because it makes you feel so bad, it also then convinces you to probably restrict in some way, to crack down on yourself or to diet. And all of this is so problematic because it feels bad and makes you emotional in that way. And that itself alone can lead to more eating and emotional eating. But it also keeps you out of touch with your inner cues for eating. So not only does it make you feel bad and cause that self-sabotaging behavior because you feel bad and frustrated and really upset with yourself. And then when you're upset with yourself, you don't want to show up for yourself. But it's, so it's not only that, it also keeps you out of touch with your intuitive signals of how to eat, your inner cues for what, when, and how to eat. So that's a huge part, foundation of intuitive eating which means if you want to become an intuitive eater, all this mind-depriving harshness and just depleting sense of being that you get uh, from that negative voice in your head, it all has to go away if you want to become an intuitive eater. And if we don't let the inner critic go, we can't relax. So in order to relax and allow um, things to change, We have to let that voice maybe be there, but once again, not let it run the show. And when we're not letting it run the show, we can relax and just allow what currently is so that we don't sabotage by not accepting ourselves. So what I mean is you overate, let's say, and the inner critic wants to beat you up, but the real you can step in because there's always another voice you can access. There's the voice of kindness, the voice of self-encouragement, of self-patience, of self-compassion that you can access. So in those moments, that's what you need to access is that self-patience, self-kindness, self-compassion. And that then allows you to just accept what happened, to accept who you are at that moment. And when we can accept ourselves and accept what is in the moment, We can then move into being curious about ourselves because we're able to open up to ourselves. And when we open up to ourselves, we can begin to better understand ourselves because we create this space for awareness. And when we really understand ourselves, we can begin to help and support ourselves so that we can shift out of patterns that we don't want to be in. So here's what you need to do. But before I tell you that, I first want to quote Shakespeare in Hamlet, where Hamlet said, There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So remember this each time you eat and feel upset about it. There is nothing either good or bad. It's just your thinking that makes it so. Meaning if you overeat, 
or eat when you know you don't really need to be eating and you can feel that self-judgment and harsh inner critic arising inside to guilt you, to make you feel ashamed, to make you feel anxious and upset with yourself. Remember, there is nothing either good or bad. It's just your thinking that makes it so, which means the overeating is neutral. Everything is neutral until we attach a thought, a meaning to it. So ask yourself, what am I making this mean? You overate. What are you making it mean? What am I making it mean about me? What am I making it about mean about my ability to shift and be different and not do this anymore? What am I making it mean um, about what I truly desire to have and whether I not can have it? What are you making it mean? Okay. Because if you are giving it a meaning that makes you feel bad or upset about yourself or that you can't have something that you really want to have or be someone who you really want to be, you have to choose a different meaning. Just because you overeat, just because maybe you've overeaten for years, it doesn't mean anything until you give it a meaning, until you have thoughts about it and give it a meaning. So what you need to do in order to shift out of these repeated patterns of overeating and however that looks for you is that you have to change who you are being after you overeat. So once again, being, like I said at the beginning, it's a, we change who we be and then we change naturally what we do. And so who you are being after you overeat is always going to be how you how do you think and feel after you overeat? Because your being is your thoughts and your feelings. So after the eating, you have to think and feel differently about it than you normally are. So if you're normally feeling really upset about it, frustrated about it, ashamed about it, guilty about it, whatever, that you have to change that way of being. You have to give it a new and different meaning so that you can change your way of being so that you don't shut down on yourself so that you don't close yourself off from better understanding yourself. So basically you can choose to give it any meaning you want. Just don't give it a negative meaning. Give it a meaning of it doesn't mean anything. It's totally neutral. It's overeating. It doesn't have to mean anything or give it a meaning of this is fine. I'm on the path. It doesn't because it truly is fine. Just because you overeat in a moment doesn't mean you're going to overeat for the rest of your life unless you decide that for yourself and give it the meaning that, well, because I overeat or because I've failed on 30 diets or whatever, whatever meaning you give it, it doesn't have to mean that. And if you don't give it that meaning, then it won't keep showing up like that in your life, okay? And I'll tell you what, I suggest you make it mean. You need to see it as having no meaning about you at all. No no meaning about who you are. No meaning about where you can go with food or in your life overall. And no meaning about what you can have at all, okay? Don't create a story about the overeating. And then from that place of not attaching meaning... Then you can, so imagine you overate or the next time you do, when that happens, if you do, 
listen to this podcast and write these things down and go through this process. So you know you overeat, you're noticing the negative self-talk coming in. That's the first thing to just be like, okay, I hear it, but I'm not going to let it run the show. I'm not going to let this negative chatter in my mind about this eating take me down a path that doesn't serve me because that typically that's what it's going to do. It's going to try to take you down a path that you don't want to go, whether that's just feeling really crappy about yourself and or whether that's feeling really frustrated, whether that's feeling like, um, I'm never getting where I want to go in my relationship with food, whether that's the belief like I'll never be able to lose weight if this happens, wherever that negative story wants to take you, you can hear it, but you don't have to believe it. Okay. And the less you give your attention to it over time, the quieter and quieter it's going to get and the quieter and quieter it gets because you're not giving it, it your attention. You're not believing it anymore. It will go away. And there's science that backs us up in terms of how our brains work and the neural pathways in our brain and how they change and can transform. And that's not necessary to know, but if you're curious, we can talk about that. But um, that's the first thing is to just not give it a meaning and stay in that place of accepting that it happened, not being upset that it happened the best that you can. You naturally might want to default to being upset because that's probably a normal pattern. Like you overeat the food or you eat all the food you believe you shouldn't eat, however that looks. And the natural defaulting pattern that you've run over and over and over is to feel really frustrated and guilty or bad about it and upset about it. But what I want you to do is just try not to go there and just try to be at a place of, okay, it happened. It happened. It happened done. Okay. And then from that place, you can get curious. Okay. Why did this happen? Why did this eating episode happen? Was it the what the heck effect of some sort? Like I mentioned earlier, how that can look, it can look all sorts of different ways, but it's a moment where you just kind of subconsciously, oh, go what the heck and you eat and and your brain can give you all sorts of reasons to kind of go unaware at that moment. And it'll give you excuses, right? Excuses to just eat. And that's the what the heck effect. So in that moment when you're just like, okay, I overate, accept it, get curious. Okay, why did that happen? What was the thinking that made me check out and eat? And episode 21 will help with this to understand this too. Then ask, okay, how does this thinking limit me? How does this way of thinking limit me? So once you become aware and you can kind of see the thinking that caused you to just go eat all the food, and you might be very, very aware, you might know the thoughts that always make you go eat the food. And so this might be easy for you. But for some of you, you might have no idea. I don't know what I'm thinking. I just eat the food. So this is where you need to kind of slow it down and get curious and reflect on it and be like, okay, well, maybe what was I thinking? And just start to journal it out or ponder it for a little bit. This is the getting curious phase. And then once you have some some ideas and maybe the thoughts that were happening that made you feel the way you feel that all those urges to go eat the food, then you can ask, okay, so how does this thinking limit me and keep me in this eating pattern? This is a really important thing to become aware of how your thinking keeps you perpetually looping in the pattern. Okay. Then ask, what is another way I can think about this overeating episode, what is a different perspective I could have that would feel better? 
Because there's always a different perspective. We have our default perspectives, our patterns and our ways of thinking that, like I was saying, make us feel really bad about what we did, guilty, frustrated, upset, believing, not believing in ourselves, feeling like failures, you know, all the things. But okay, there is and can be a different perspective that feels better, that feels encouraging, that feels more empowering. There's so many things you can say to yourself in that moment to lift yourself up and to believe in yourself and to just see it as this is just something that happened and it doesn't mean anything about what I can be, who I can be, what I can have, how my relationship with food can be. It doesn't have, you know, so um, once again, this is where coaching can be really, 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 really helpful to have a coach be guiding you through this and be doing this with you in the moment and um really give you the breakthroughs, but you can also do this yourself if you learn the process and are diligent with it. And so after you kind of uncover the thinking and you ask, uh, how does this limit me? And then you are aware, okay, I see how this limits me. When I think like this, I tend to do this and, and I see how it's not serving me to think this way. Okay. So then what could be a different way to think about it? That would feel more encouraging. That would help me feel more empowered to, show up even more loving, more respecting, more self-honoring for myself. And then you can come up with some ways of thinking that would support you, encourage you, and help you be your own cheerleader after those overeating episodes. And then you can ask, okay, so that would help me feel better. And if I feel better, if I felt more encouragement from myself and I talked to myself in a way that felt more empowering instead of self-judging and shaming how would things improve for me? If after these overeating episodes, I could get to the place where I didn't drop myself, right? Like you're literally holding yourself. Imagine, imagine yourself as a little baby or a little toddler and you're mothering yourself and you do something that you didn't really want to do. And like literally in that moment, what we typically do is we drop ourselves. What if we stopped dropping ourselves and instead we picked ourselves up and we soothed ourselves. How much better would we feel, right? In those moments when we didn't maybe show up the way we wanted to show up, but instead of dropping ourselves, we picked ourselves up. And how would things improve for you if instead of dropping you, yourself, you picked yourself up in those moments and recommitted to yourself, meaning not cracking down on yourself saying, tomorrow I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do this and I'm going to follow this plan. Not that, but really, how do you need to take care of yourself? Okay? Because cracking down on yourself is not taking care of yourself. How do you need to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, especially? Then ask, if every time I overate, I chose to talk kindly to myself and then from that place also became curious about myself to better understand myself and understand what was really driving my overeating patterns. How would that change my eating behavior? Just imagine. These are curiosity questions. You don't have to have immediate answers to them. This is all about the practice of becoming curious again, okay? That's what I want to stress. I don't want you to get overwhelmed by having to understand and ask yourself these questions perfectly. What I really want to get across, the point I want to make is just in that those moments, instead of dropping yourself, beating yourself up, 
cracking down on yourself. I'm going to do better. I have to do better. Um, I'm all that kind of stuff. Instead of that, that picking yourself up and caring for yourself. And then from that place, being curious, just be curious. Okay. What's really happening? What's really going on for me? What's happening inside of me? What's my mind doing? What are the emotions I've been feeling? Just being curious about yourself to understand yourself. That's the whole point of this episode, really. Okay, now one more very important thing I want to mention is when you commit to practicing intuitive eating so that you can transform your relationship with food and have, once again, that peace, the ease and control that just is natural, that freedom that you desire in your eating and relationship with food, if you commit to that journey of really becoming an intuitive eater, you're going to go through stages. And those stages, in those stages, you will be practicing these new ways of being while old ways of being are still popping up. So for example, you're, you're still going to have undesirable eating episodes as you start walking down this new path. But the most important thing you can do in those moments is to not make it mean anything about you or where you are going. So in those moments, you are going to practice thoughts like, this is okay because it really is. And this means nothing about where I'm going because it doesn't. All of this is happening for me because it is happening for you. This is where we learn. This is where we grow. And just telling yourself, it's all working. Things are working. Things are building. Things are improving. Things are changing. I am changing because it's true. Just because As we go on this journey to becoming intuitive eaters, just because we have these overeating episodes, it doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It doesn't mean that at all, okay? We just have to be in the practice, in that working on the embodiment piece that I continually go back to again and again about being it and living it and practicing it. And when we practice something, just like when we practice riding a bike, we practice writing. (laughs) When we were five years old, we learned to write. We fumbled a lot, but we practice and we are so proficient at it now. It's the same thing in our relationship with food. It really, really is. Trust me, because I've been there. Where I was, I would say 15 to 20 years ago to where I am now, it's night and day. At that time, there were so many moments where I could, I had this deep belief and inner knowing that this wasn't going to be something I carried with me for the rest of my life. I knew that deep to my core, but there were so many days where I had no idea how I was going to crawl out of the pit. I always felt like I was like buried in this pit and that I couldn't climb out and I kept falling back into the pit. I'd have these moments where I felt like things were changing and things were getting better. And then I would have these binges and it just kept on feeling like I was falling back in. But I just stay committed to the journey and it just kept on getting better. And there was just like this... The compound effect, like things, just little improvements, little improvements and little shifts in my life, which then helped shift my relationship with food and just inner shifts in my own personal growth, with which helped shift my relationship with food. Like it all interacts and compounds and grows. And with time, things absolutely change. And like I said, it's night and day for me. Who I am now in terms of my relationship with food is completely transformed. I am the fully embodied intuitive eater and truly nourished woman that I desire to be. And that's why I'm so passionate to 
work with any of you who feel called to want to work one-on-one with me. I'm here for you. Just let me know. You know, it's I'm available. Um, but I got off on a little tangent. What I wanted to talk about, though, is just knowing that to remember that on this journey, you're never going backwards. So if you overeat, you have not lost all that you have gained. The momentum is not lost because things are always stacking. Excuse me, stacking. Momentum is always building. So use these moments as opportunities to go into what I call the portal of learning. And when you are willing to go into that portal of learning and keep understanding yourself better and then keep practicing, you become better and better and better and momentum keeps stacking and stacking and stacking and things get easier and easier and easier. So once again, if you want my mentorship, if you want my guidance to help you create that momentum faster and shorten your learning curve, because I've already gone through it for myself and I've become a master of really understanding how this all works, then once again, reach out to me. I would love to help you and support you. Also, get on that interest list to be the first to know about the new offerings that are going to be coming. And if you're on the interest list, you're going to get special pricing incentives and sorts of things before it goes public. You're going to be like the founding members and get first dibs on whatever like bonuses or other types of offerings I decide to do. And until next time, sending you so much love. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and written review for the show. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Feel free to tag me on Instagram so that I can say thank you. Let's all rise and change the world by living as truly nourished women together. If you want to work with me, head to my site, RebeccaLaurelHill.com or send me a direct message on socials and I'll be in touch. See you on the next episode. Much love to you.